Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Neve. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking. Intense, intense heat, lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey and cocoa zing i put it on my lips and honestly it did sizzle them it sizzled them right to the moon they were plump and juicy and everyone was like nicole can i and i'm like get in line can you take the heat find your shade at maybelline.com or a retailer near you Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. podcast for me nicole byer was trying to figure out why i'm still single but i've done too many episodes i don't know it's still a fucking mystery uh get a detective on the case and uh i'm just talking to people having a nice time still single my guest today is a hilarious comedian who is recognized as one of the top comedians you should know by vulture and new york magazine her debut special figuring out was acclaimed by npr as one of the year's best stand-up albums i'm thrilled she's with us it's katrina davis hi hi how are you i like the scat ending of that gotta keep it fun (laughs) uh katrina tell me are you in a relationship or are you single i am in a relationship i just uh recently moved in with my boyfriend actually oh yeah that's so nice what was it like moving in together like Whose idea was it, or did you come to it together? Well, it kind of naturally evolved to that because we were dating in L.A., and then he moved, and we hadn't been dating that long, so it kind of was like that just long enough where it's like, it would be kind of crazy if I (laughs) moved right now, but also I really like you and am not really in a place where I'm like, oh, well, this, like, doesn't matter You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a casual kind of thing. It was like, I really, really like this person. So then we were long distance for about a year. And I was planning on moving 
next summer or like this would have been summer 2024 and -hmm. just kept like visiting and, you know, just like naturally got to the point where we're like, I want to be with you like all the time. So let's just like be in the same place. And it was, but it wasn't like a bit, I feel like it was like a natural evolution of just like being like, okay, this is like not too much. (laughs) Mm-hmm. This is just enough. We're moving at a good pace. So did you move into his place or did you get a place together? Well, he lived in it first, but he also kind of got it with the idea in mind that I would end up being here, too. You know what I mean? Ah, but he was here yes. first. <laughs> OK, so mm, men have... Some men have style. Some men do not have style. How do you go about decorating in a way where, like, everyone's happy? Ooh, okay. First off, love decorating. Love spaces. Love aesthetics. Love colors. Like, all of these different things. So I did, in a very, like, dorky way, love the idea of being able to come into a space. Like, he knows I'm like that. He was like, you can come, like, do whatever you want. And I... Was ve- right now in this space, it's like pretty. I kind of just focused focused on practicality more than anything. Is just being mm-hmm. like, how can I make sure that both, like two adults worth of things, can fit in this apartment? <laughs> so it wasn't so much like I want to do an accent wall. It was like, where are all of these clothes going to fit? There are two mm-hmm. coat closets in here. Like I'm insulted. Um, but so it was more. I uh really focused more on the functionality. Um, but I also, he has a lot of style in terms of like collectibles and like fun things that he has that are like fun to look at every day. So that's kind of an idea I have for the future. It's like different ways to kind of display things that he has that are like collectibles. And we Mm -hmm. have multiple wrestling chairs that I have mounted on the wall. Um, (laughs) Wait, wrestling chairs? Yes. Like, okay. So if you go to a wrestling match, like a bigger one, like a WrestleMania or something like that, sometimes Mm -hmm. on like, I guess the ground floor, they have commemorative chairs. Okay. That have like the faces of the wrestlers and the year and the day and all of this stuff. And so... We have a lot of those. And so I've mounted a lot of wrestling chairs since I've moved to New York. Okay. Are they like folding chairs? Yes. They're like folding chairs, but then they have um, like a design on where your butt would go. So you like hang them upside down and then you can see, you know, what match it's from or whatever, but or what event it's from. But that that was probably something that I would not have had to acclimate for in my own space, per se. (laughs) That... Uh Uh Uh-huh. I get it. You're not collecting wrestling chairs on your own. Have a fun new addition. But our stuff... It has been fun watching our stuff come together, like my crazy posters and his, and being like, oh, let's put this here. And yeah, it's been nice. I can't really fathom allowing some... I have a very strong aesthetic... I like colors. I like patterns. um, And I have like every inch of my walls have something on them. And I'm like, I don't know how I would incorporate somebody else's stuff with my stuff. Yeah. So that's such like a a weird thing for me. But I'm trying. I'm trying to like get rid of some of my stuff to keep it open for somebody. Well, I feel like you 
wouldn't be able to guess if you have no idea who that person is. Like, if mm-hmm. you were dating someone right now and you were had, like, an idea of even from going to their place, oh, like, I can see how, you know, our things could meld together into something mm-hmm. fun kind of thing. But I feel like it'll happen naturally because I like color and pattern, but I also get migraines. So that's the only reason that I don't oh. do it more in permanent ways is because I have to be able to like go in a room and have it like completely be able to like shut down. You would truly pass away in my home. I, (laughs) my aesthetic is kind of like, are you nauseous? (laughs) I did it to myself. The first time I was ever allowed to decorate my own room, I made everything like baby blue gingham, like picnic check gingham with sunflowers on it. Loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. Then I got my first migraine and went to go lie down. And I was like, I've made a horrible mistake. And was just like (laughs) nauseous in my own room. And then everything that I ever did after that was like navy and plaid and black. Like I just kind of got back into like little like bits of boldness or different colors, but still trying to keep it muted. But I always have like a sickly girl in the back of my head when I'm decorating (laughs) where I'm like, I have to be able to be in here when I feel my absolute worst. So I, cause I do love your space, but I could never have a wall like that. Cause I would like get vertigo and fall over at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like most of my, I truly have wallpaper on every wall. My, my friend was like, I think your house is very much Pee-wee's Playhouse for girls. And I was like, mm, I like that. What a delightful compliment. I'll take <laughs> it. Well, I honestly, I think that I make more white space than my boyfriend would. Like, he would hang up way more posters. He's always buying posters. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Where are we going to put it? I'm the one that buys the <laughs> frames. It's like, we don't, we're going to, it's going to look like a Fuddruckers in here. Like, we can't have something <laughs> hanging on, like, every inch. But I think he would probably be more like down if I hung even more stuff up. <laughs> yeah, I just love things. They make me so happy. Uh, um, I get it. How did you meet your partner? Um, we met at a show, but he's not a comic. So it was kind of mm-hmm. nice. Like, we both lived in L.A. at the time, but we met in Denver. And so I was kind of like, hey, like, this person's really cool, but also, like, did not... was I was there as a comic and didn't want to be like a creep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, don't be weird to this person you don't know that also <laughs> definitely doesn't tell jokes. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Don't be weird. It's just like someone's friend. I thought he was the another comic's like real life friend that just had, mm-hmm. you know, like a regular job or whatever. And just kept finding myself like gravitating towards him and just never stopped talking after that. And then we both lived in LA. So then like when I got back, we kind of just like never stopped talking and over the course of like, but I was also dating someone when I met him. Oh, but it was also kind of like already on its way out kind of thing. Like Uh it was kind of like, you think you want to break up with someone and then you meet someone and you're like, Oh shit, I need to break up with you. Like Uh yesterday. And how did you break up with that person? This is juicy. I mean, I like I said, the only reason I feel like as comfortable even saying it is because I was like super already going to break up with this person. But mm-hmm. we were we like met up. Oh, my gosh. It was also kind of like painful just because 
it happened to be like a bunch of things. I wanted to do it in person, mm-hmm. but a, I was really busy and they were really busy and it kept just not working out. And I was like, can we just hang out so I can break up with you? Oh my God. <laughs> like that's like what was going on in my head. It wasn't like the week I got back or anything, but it was like when mm-hmm. I, you know, over the course of like a couple weeks or so after I was like, yeah, like this is like super over. And then we met up. And we're just like walking around and I was just like, hey, so I think we should break up. And he was kind of like more surprised than I think now at this point, he'll admit he shouldn't have been as surprised as he was. But yeah, like like I said, it was just a bunch of things that weren't working anyway. And mm-hmm. me kind of just taking a really long time. Like, I like to be absolutely sure, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, there were a bunch of different reasons that we just like were not compatible. Like, we're still cool. But it was like, yeah, no, this like super isn't working. I've never broken up with anybody. I've only been broken up with. Uh-huh. Do you break? Have you like broken up with a lot of people? Are you like a serial monogamous? What is your <laughs> dating history? Um, I feel like dating history wise, wise, I was always notoriously like labelless. I my like my relationship upbringing is very toxic. I was constantly mm-hmm. like in love with someone that was secretly like hooking up with me. And like had like sometimes had girlfriends that did not know about me. And I would be like, I've been hooking up with him for years. But yeah, Uh sure. Like this is cool. And just being like so desperately in love with people that I would just take any version of them they would give me, which was like awful. Um, So I was in love with a lot of people that like were never my boyfriend at all. And then (laughs) after I got. Um, out of college, I had like my first real boyfriend who I had known since high school. So we like knew each other super well and kind of had always like really clicked, but he was way older. So like that was kind of when it made more sense to date. And we lived together for five years and then I we broke up and I did break up with that person, but it was more like I think I am a breaker upper because I'm the person that realizes we both don't have to be this way like Mm -hmm. I end up being with people that are like have also have toxic dating past but in a different way where they're like yeah we fight every day but who cares and it's like no change this and then they're like oh well I didn't really think about that it's just like it's not so much that I'm the breaker upper because I'm the only unhappy one it's like I'm the breaker upper because I just think of it first and so I guess I have ended a couple relationships, but I really haven't had like tons of them. That's I've probably broken up with two people and then had like my heart broken by people that weren't my boyfriends, like double that (laughs) at least. Oh, I've had my heart broken by so many gentlemen who didn't even know we had a connection. (laughs) Who, uh, who were like, we went on a date and you're talking about this years later. And I'm like, I'll never get over it. <laughs> yes. Like this was only casual <laughs> on one end, my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> but five years, that's a solid amount of time. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you like remove yourself from being a unit? Like, what is that like? That's like the closest I feel like, obviously the closest cause I've never been married, but that felt like a divorce emotionally. Cause it's like, you're breaking up with family. Like you don't want to explain, you have to like even wait until you're emotionally 
like in a good place to discuss with like the people in your life that you're not together anymore and Mm -hmm. like different stuff like that. Like we broke up, but we were in a house and he wanted to save money to buy a house. So like we broke up and I just moved into the second bedroom. So we Mm -hmm. lived together for like a summer, I think. Oof. And but it was like. And there were parts of it that were really hard. Like I remember he went on a first date while we were in that house and and we had like a big talk when he came home just because I was like wrecked for like a lot Mm -hmm. of different reasons. But it was kind of like just being witness to a lot of things that you probably don't necessarily need to be there for, but it also forces you to be really honest and like talk through things about why you broke up not like oh we should get back together but just being like watching you put in the kind of effort that I wanted you to put in with me to start something new is wild to me and like that being a whole thing um so yeah that was like a really because I did think I was gonna marry that person but just for like weird southern reasons where like I assumed (laughs) that if I hadn't met like my person by then that I was going to die alone. Like I resolved that I was going to die alone so much younger than I should have where I was like, Oh, well this is it. I didn't marry someone by the time college was over. So spinster life for me, you know what I mean? (laughs) And so when we broke up, I kind of thought that was it. And like, but it was also just getting into stand up when we broke up. So my first apartment by myself was just like, the best like it was just like me going like to art stuff every night and hosting shows and like learning everything you know what I mean about like meeting people and staying up late talking and all of that kind of happened like as I broke up with this person and moved into my own place and you know did a bunch of other stuff so it it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Do you think stand-up like kind of filled the void of your breakup where you're like sad, but also you're like, oh, I have this thing that's like really cool and new in my life? It absolutely was a part of me being like, I'm evolving into a totally different person that you would never pick to date or marry. Mm-hmm. Like I there were other parts of me that were changing that didn't align with the, you know, the younger person that I was and then finding stand-up um was just another thing that wasn't me like being the kind of partner who like is at home every night at six with like dinner ready you know what I mean like I was just mm-hmm. ne- like I never was going to be that person anyway but then I started stand-up and it was like oh trying to be this person is impossible like it kind of was a part of me that evolved that also spread me so thin that I was like, oh, I'm not the person that you want to be with. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to be it and it's not working out for either of us because I'm failing at it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm turning into this person who tells jokes at night and like has a day job and then comes home and changes while green beans are on the stove. And then I eat those with Tabasco sauce before I run out the door to an open mic. Like that's who I'm turning into. And Mm -hmm. that person does not also have like somebody that's like, we're going to have a kid in a year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it kind of was probably a part of it that did make it way more fun but also just way more definitive like I feel like I just get really stressed out when it's like I don't know if we should break up because I'm not miserable with you you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing and that made it so much clearer that it was like oh no like I'm a different person now and this just you know what I mean isn't it 
you know, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine dating somebody and waiting till I hated them to break up. I think that's what people do. Yeah, and that's such a bummer because it's like you kind of, okay, so I love TLC. I watch 90 Day Fiance. There's a spinoff called The Family Chantel, and oh. Chantel and Pedro were dating, got married, their families didn't like each other, and they waited till they hated each other to break up. Mm -hmm. And at the end, like the series finale, they showed a montage of them falling in love. And I was like, yeah, people towards the end of relationships tend to forget what they loved about this person originally. And that is so truly wild for me. And I can't. I can't even envision it. It like it it feels so wild. Wait, it feels wild to forget those things? Yeah, to forget like why you fell in love in the first place and then to like actually hate this person you shared your life with. Yeah. It does I feel like it does take a while to get there, but also intimate relationships can bring out like totally different parts of people where like Mm -hmm. I wonder if you ask them that question, not ask them or like pose that to them, if they would say like, oh, yeah, I forgot about those things. Or they would say those things aren't there anymore to them mm -hmm. because not saying because I don't know that particular couple, but a lot of those people, the thing that you fell in love with them for was like the gateway to independence and personal freedom. So mm -hmm. it might actually go away. And once you're out of like imminent danger or the fear of being lonely, even like sometimes it's legit. Even I fell in love with this person because I was more in love with the idea of them just being with me. And then once you have a little bit of time, not being completely desperately alone, you're like, it's easier to see flaws. Cause you're like, not as desperate anymore like yeah mm -hmm. after you've been around for a while it's easier to see things in you that like maybe i could have this void filled by someone who chews with their mouth closed like i may like <laughs> making up a little thing but i feel like that not necessarily codependence but just wanting to be in a relationship so bad can also make certain things either appear or disappear like negative things you don't see great things you inflate and then once you've kind of gotten out of the emergency mode of loneliness and things kind of even out more you're like oh I don't really like this person that much I was just bonkers lonely like <laughs> yeah I feel like lately I've been like oh I'm so lonely but I'm trying to like keep my standards up and try to like like if I don't like the way you come at me on an app I'm not gonna respond yeah. like I'm trying to not be desperate yeah because desperation doesn't breed anything good oh wait okay Ever. so I ask most comedians or I think I ask every comedian I have on do you have chuckle fuckers or have you ever had a chuckle fucker uh I have never had one I don't think like I hooked up with someone that wasn't a comic because they were like oh you're funny yeah like someone who's like oh my god you're so funny and I want it bad Ooh. no I uh I think I also am bad at reading that like mm -hmm. I feel like the only time I've ever known it for sure to be true was because I just did a field show Mm -hmm. And afterwards, people were, like, very open about, like, having a crush on you or whatever. But mm -hmm. if that was a regular show, I just would have thought they were people that liked comedy. Like, there's 
absolutely dudes that have talked to me after shows. And I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. And then I go home and they like like every picture I post for a year. And I'm like, oh, that person was like kind of into me. But real time, I don't assume that. Like, Mm -hmm. so no, I've never done anything like that. I don't think I've ever been attracted to a person that started a conversation that way. Not in a mean way, just like that. No, no, yeah. That puts me in a professional place for me mm-hmm. where I'm not going to try to fuck you. You just gave me a compliment on my job. So now I'm going to, you know what I mean, make sure that you want to mm-hmm. come to another show. I'm not, that does, you know what I mean? You like activated yeah. the top part, not the bottom part. Like mm-hmm. now in my brain's thinking. The pussy is not activated. Not at all. <laughs> I was where was I oh I was getting coffee I was in New York recently and I was getting coffee and uh it was one of those places that also did sandwiches and the guy who's doing sandwiches was like oh what was your sandwich I was like oh no, no I'm just getting coffee and then the woman behind the register was like she's my customer and he was like I wish she was mine and I just went oh uh I <laughs> I just I'm not used to being hit on and he clearly was hitting on me yeah and I I just made a noise at him and I was like, oh my God, like when will I ever be normal or chill or cool or just like, like, I don't know. I, I should have just been like, I could be your customer, but like that didn't that come happened to mind. days after it happened. Yes. I was like, oh, I could have sent that. And I, I just, I don't know how to flirt. I don't know what to do. I just got good at identifying when someone's flirting with me. It it can be hard. I mean, I definitely, if I'm really, really attracted to someone, might be okay at flirting with my words, but probably just as bad where I'm just like giggling like an idiot. But Mm -hmm. I can stare at people and they can tell that I'm into them. So if I'm like really into someone and they're a complete stranger, I feel way too comfortable eye fucking the shit out of you. Like I will like go bonkers across a bar. But not necessarily. I wish. But I also, this was like even when I was single, um, because I lived alone for like what, nine years? It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very comfortable alone. Like, anytime anything ended, I just assumed that I was going to be alone for like, I was like, be prepared to be alone for like at least a year anytime Mm -hmm. any kind of romantic thing ends. But if, because when I meet someone that I like, it's normally so intense that it's like, this can't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't go around being this attracted to people, like, four times a year. I'd be <laughs> ill. Like, I can't. It's so... It's uh, not emotionally debilitating, but, like, mm-hmm. the feelings that it emotes. It takes, like, a lot of energy, like yeah. when you're those first initial attractions are like super intense for me. And so it's like, I don't need that to happen all the time. Like I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> I get that real quick. We do have to take a break. Sp- 
Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. So, okay, Christmas is coming up. Is, do you, how do you go about telling your partner what you want for Christmas? Ooh, I mean, I'm pretty obvious. I come from a pretty obvious family, so I'm comfortable. Like, I'll send a link. I don't care. But I also have very low present expectations. Like, if I want something that bad, I'll get it for myself. So, like, anything you get me is, like, icing. And I kind of like seeing what your partner gets for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, like, an opportunity to see what they've been seeing in you and thinking that you like or need. And so it's kind of fun to not give any hints and just see what they come up with on their own. But... I've never been, like, disappointed by a gift. Oh, the only time, and it wasn't Christmas, but my first Valentine's Day with my first boyfriend, he didn't get me anything, and I cried for an entire weekend. Oh, my God. I would be devastated. I'd be like, wait, what? Right? You got me nothing? Yo, I showed up, like, with because we were spending the whole weekend together, and Valentine's Day was, like, Sunday. So I came on Friday night with, like, all my stuff. Like, I had, like, just a gift bag and, like, I think, like, a balloon or something. But, like, it was my first. I'm a freaking dork. I've never had a boyfriend. I finally have a real Valentine. Like, all, you know what I mean? I was, like, excited mm-hmm. about it. And I show up, and he goes, I didn't get you anything. And I was kind of like, oh, it's okay thinking Ugh. he didn't get me, like, a gift. 
Because I was like, I don't care if you didn't get me, you know, a gift. We were, like, just out of college. So I was like, I don't care. You know what I mean? And he was like, no, like, mm-hmm. I didn't get you anything. And I was like, well, Valentine's Day is Sunday, and I'm going to be with you the rest of the time. So, like, <laughs> what was your plan? And uh-huh. he clearly did not have one. Um, And, yeah, and then I cried a bunch. It was fine. But that's the only time I think I've ever been, di- like, I don't care what kind of gifts people get me normally. Fair. <laughs> I I like gifts. I like when people notice things like what, like a thoughtful gift yes. someone got me was... Uh, I had described a book my mother had read me as a read to me as a kid, and then they got me that book, oh and my I God. sobbed because I was like, "That is the nicest, kindest gift." That's a good one. Yeah, it really, really like even now when I look at it, I'm like, "God, that was so fucking thoughtful." Yeah, it really is. That's what Ugh. I mean. Like. Things that just you may have not even remembered saying to them. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you were that dialed in to what was Mm -hmm. going on in our lives that you were like, oop, I'm going to do this, which I do secretly like doing, too. Like, I love, like, gifts that people will never remember mentioning and then being like, oh, my God, I can't believe you got this. Like, that's the best. My best friend, Sashir, she likes chairs, so I like finding miniature chairs for her. And she no longer needs chairs. Like, she has so many of these little tiny chairs I've bought her, but I'm like, I'll never stop. Sorry about it. That's cute. (laughs) I like that, though. Uh, I want Santa to bring me a man. So I've started (laughs) decorating for the holidays. Mm -hmm. I don't love holidays. I don't love decorating. Mm. Reminds me too much of my mummy and she is dead. But what I did was I went to Michael's and I bought teeny tiny little trees to put in my, like on my entryway table. And then I found a, uh, it's called a perfect man. You put it in like, uh, I guess hot milk and it makes hot cocoa. But I was like, well, this will just be my, like my wish. It's my Christmas trees and my chocolate man and hopefully I'll get a man manifesting is humiliating and embarrassing and I'm trying to manifest I have made two vision boards this year I look at them constantly and they all say like love and like fucking and sex and I'm like when will it fucking come (laughs) but 2024 is my year I am claiming it and I think it's gonna happen for me I think I mean, I'm into that. That's all. I mean, I feel like that's all you can do is like put, you know, the positive energy out there and like make eye contact with people. That's Mm. like all we truly have. And like because I mean, now I just want to ask you questions about where you're trying to meet people. But I guess that's another podcast. (laughs) No, I have been trying. So I went to a party with a friend. Mm -hmm. Um. She was supposed to go with a couple other friends, but they had to bail or something. And I was the backup friend, which is fine. I don't mind. And I dressed up. I wore a fabulous coat. Nice. We were not vibing with the people at the party. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm like out of my comfort zone. And I haven't even talked to anybody. And she was like, well, before we go, let's talk to somebody. So we were talking. I was talking to this guy. He had a fabulous jacket. I complimented his jacket. He complimented mine. Uh, we were having a great conversation. I can't remember what I said, but he threw his head back and laughed. And I was like, I'm fucking truly crushing yeah. this. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to go get a drink. And I was like, oh, 
okay, okay. And then he never came back. And I was like, what the fuck? What, what, what do I have to do? I, I was crushing it. He seemed so into me. And yeah. he had to walk away. I mean, if anything, and this is, I mean, I am kind of a hopeless romantic, but it's like he could have been like, this is going really well. I'm not going to like burn all this out at one time. And like, because like, did you go up to him before y'all left and say like, hey, it was nice talking to you or like. No, I couldn't find him. Oh. He disappeared okay. into the party and oh. I never saw him again. And then I was like, well, let's get the fuck up out of here. I don't really, I'm not feeling anybody else. So like, I'm trying, but it's so hard. Well, like, I feel like that's not like a bad thing. Like that's, it maybe didn't end the way that you wanted, but like that to me is proof that you can be uncomfortable and still get all the way up to being great at flirting with someone who also is good at dressing. So like that happened at a party. And also I know it's weird, but I've had like weird things happen where like I've been crazy attracted to someone, did not speak to them and then met them again at another event and was like, and I was like, Oh my God. And he looked at me like, yeah, exactly. And we ended up like super making out later. So it's like, as long as you're out there putting your energies out and just keep doing that, like you're going to, at the very least, just keep meeting people that think you're amazing who put the filter out of like, oh, you know who's really great to hang out at this party? This girl I met at another party. And it's like, it might not be Cool Jacket, but it might be Cool Jacket's friend next year. Like, uh-huh. I mean, just the fact that you're living life and having fun doing it is, I think, good enough that you're eventually going to run into somebody that wants to do that, like, next to you all the time. Oh, I hope from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> um, So my assistant does a little bit of research and she found out that you've dated men who don't want to openly date a black girl. What is that like? Wait. Oh, okay. I had to figure out what she was talking about. I just want to say that I have never (laughs) done this as an adult. This was like Uh literally the boy I was in love with in high school whose stepdad did not ever approve of, you know what I mean, that whole thing. Yeah, like that was like the first person I was in love with. And I just like, Mm -hmm. you know, that was something that was like took so much out of me as a child <laughs> like mm-hmm. as yeah, a youth like imagine. from the ages of like 15 to 20 was just like so uh draining in a lot of ways but then like I talked to him later as an adult because you like ha- harbor all of this stuff of like feeling like you were never good enough and like just wanting to be Mm -hmm. picked by this person and like having all of these feelings for them and feel like they were requited but not like respected and like all of these different things and then I talked to him one day and he was like I was just trying to fucking get it in dude like he was like (laughs) I was a 16 year old boy I'm so sorry that like like he was like, I understand what you're saying now, but I was not in a headspace as a 16 year old boy where I was like, yeah, I'm just out here messing with people's feelings. Like he was like, I was literally just like hooking up with whoever would have me for the most part and like really liked you, but just like 
did not have the capacity to be where you even thought I was operating from romantically. Like, it was absent from my mind. And that was actually kind of freeing in a way to realize that, like, I was putting so much emotional weight on something that meant so Mm -hmm. much to me. And it was just not the way that that person thought about it or felt about it. And that's, like, in a way kind of better to me. That it was just like, oh... You just, like, were completely emotionally incompetent compared to where I was. And I Uh was out here being like, we're in love with each other. Like, we will Uh be with each other against all odds. Like, and it was just like, no, like, we were kind of just hanging out. Uh Uh-huh. It's also truly nice that, like, yeah, that he wasn't feeling any sort of way. And it wasn't him. Yeah, that was that's why I was like, wait a minute, what? And it was like, yeah, it was kind of like so he didn't have to fist fight people in his own home, but he never cared about it. And like (laughs) kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was absolutely something that. Like that, I think even added to it was being like, oh, well, like I like this person so much, but I'm just like never going to be able to be and that is something that happens in the south a lot is like people coming up to you and telling you like oh yeah like i wish i could have dated you but and like this that and the other like i years ago i did it as a joke i was like oh yeah like if you're not like if you're not black and you weren't allowed to date me in high school like dm me and then like a second later was like (laughs) this hit a lot harder than i thought it was going to like people were in there being like yeah and like some people that i was friends with that were like yeah my parents didn't say like i wasn't allowed to date you but like i told my dad i had a crush on you and he was like well your life's gonna be harder oh my god yeah so I was definitely getting cock blocked by racism back by in the day. By these fucking adults <laughs> yeah. from racist adults. Yeah. That's the worst kind of cock block. Absolutely. Cuz you can it's like hard to circumvent but also it's like if they want to get it in, they're going to want to get it in. Cuz that was the thing I <laughs> like at one point have said on stage just like I've absolutely like been in a kitchen where someone like threw away silverware after I was done using it, but your son still fucked me on your kitchen counter. So who really won? <laughs> like, who's the real loser? Um, <laughs> I was I was fighting racism in my own way. <laughs> I like that. I like it. Fight it with the pussy. Like pussies are powerful. <laughs> Fuck the racism away. Uh, so wait, you owned chickens when you lived in Florida? Yes, I did. I had. A bunch of chickens um, because they are social animals. And sorry, I'm like immediately going to get into my weird animal right shit because they like they try to keep people from having chickens. And so then they tell you you can only have like two to five, but they're social animals and they get really sad and it's good to have them in larger groups. But side note, that's a side note. But yes, I had 12 chickens. Five of them were named after the Golden Girls. Um uh. <laughs> Two of them were named Andy and Ollie after the twins on Bob's Burgers. And then mm-hmm. we had to give one of them back because it ended up being a rooster, not a hen, which I don't know if anyone's ever seen a rooster crow for the first time, but it is horrifying no. 
They, oh. I thought it was like choking on something because it's like a baby still. So they're kind of like awkward. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's choking because it's like going like this. And then it just went, ah, 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 and they let this really like squeaky bad crow out and I was like oh my gosh that like I witnessed your first crow ever but also like we weren't allowed to have roosters so we had to take them back um why weren't you allowed to have roosters because you're too close to other people like because they're noisy so you're allowed to have hens but we couldn't have roosters um but it was really cute to see him crow for the first time uh but yeah I love them they were so sweet I wait only used them for eggs I never ate any of them are you a vegetarian because of this? Or no, do you eat meat? I eat meat, but I try to eat a lot less of it. Like I kind of like uh-huh. will go through bouts where I try to like wean myself off of it um, or like just eat fish or that kind of thing a lot because mm-hmm. I did. I would like buy chicken and they would like run up to me in the driveway and I would just be like, I don't even want to walk past them with this. Like I felt so bad. Oh no. I would, like, they were like run into the house. A funeral procession. They were like, we'll walk with her as she carries the body of a cousin. <laughs> oh my God. No. Cause they were just running up like, Oh, how are you? You haven't been here all day. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, don't look at me. Like running into the house <laughs> with like Chick-fil-A or whatever. Um, yeah, I felt horrible, but did you live on a farm? No. How did you have room for 12 chickens? You can just have like a little acre and ha- they had like a whole one side. They didn't really even use the whole yard. They kind of just stuck to like their one side. And as long oh. as they have enough to like, we built like, well, we, he built and I painted. Like as long as they have a place to like sleep at night and lay eggs and, you know, huddle up and be safe from like coyotes or anything that might try to eat them at night. Mm-hmm. They're good to go. Aw. It was great. That sounds cute. It was a nice little life. Yeah, we had like, uh, he had started a garden at one point. We had like vegetables and peppers and like giant sunflowers and a bunch of fun stuff. And then I started stand up. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, fuck these chickens. None of this. You shit have a stand up bit about not watching porn. <laughs> Why don't you watch porn? Um, it stresses me out. It's it's uh, <laughs> that's my new tag for that joke is have y'all seen it? They show like everything. It's crazy. Like, it's just so <laughs> much to me. Like, I've seen it before. And it's like, yowza. And, like, I even the ones that I've seen. I watch it like, you know how, um, speaking of TLC, remember when TLC was like all graphic surgery shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And they would just like show like endoscopic, like everything. Like that's kind of how I look. It's certain views of porn are so just like the human body that I don't get turned on by it. I'm just like, yeah, that's what bodies do. And they look kind of weird when they do it sometimes. Like I'm, it, I don't. <laughs> put myself there because I'm, I can imagine porn like things happening and that to mm-hmm. me doesn't make me as uncomfortable. I just feel like I'm witnessing people. I feel so voyeuristic doing it. Even if I'm by myself, it's like, what am I watching them do it for? Like, I'm not even there. I don't know. <laughs> is that make, is that weird? It's not weird, and it does make sense when you actually think about it, because it's like, so I'm watching these people do something so intimate, and then I'm supposed to get horny for it. It's wild. 
I watched a woman she her like butthole prolapsed and it was like a porn blooper and she was like my asshole fell out and I was like huh I this is a you gotta get that checked out friend yeah I shouldn't be watching this you're having a medical emergency and I'm like rubbing my clit like what (laughs) I have to check her IG and make sure she's still alive now like. I'm completely yeah. dry. I'm concerned now. <laughs> like, I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did she make it to a doctor? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up, like, the survivor rate of prolapsed, like, anal whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. It just, like, maybe I just wasn't exposed to it. Or that's just not how my brain works. Because even when I, like first started like diddling and stuff there was never anything visual to go with it it was just whenever I felt like doing it (laughs) Mm -hmm. I used to watch a lot of porn and now um now I like work from my memory Mm -hmm. and fantasies that I create yeah and that's been pretty good uh I might get back into porn I don't know but I feel like I've watched like you have enough logged yeah yeah, I got a little backlog where I can uh, sense memory, recall things and be like, oh, yeah. And then sometimes, like, sometimes people will just say things where you're like, oh, that wasn't sexy. That was, like, weird. Why did you say that? And then you're, like, thinking about that. And then you're like, well, now I don't, now I'm out of the mood. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't get that out of there, like, in your head. No. Like, once something's, like, in there sometimes, it's hard to, like, shake it. And like, <laughs> get it out of there. <laughs> uh, so one of your first experiences masturbating was with a vibrating pen. <laughs> yes, but not on purpose. Like, okay, do you remember those like squiggly pens that would chain? Like, you had like a bunch of different p- chambers of different colors on the end, but it like lit yes. up and like vibrated because so you could like write crazy with it. <sighs> I act uh-huh. like I was like coloring and just accidentally like dropped it to switch out because I used to color a lot. So I would have like a lot of different stuff out. And so I just like dropped it and was like, oh, I want to color with this thing over here and like leaned forward into it while it was on and was like, oh, OK, so this is what I do at 430 every day now. And would just like <laughs> rest this little vibrating pen. That's so, I really love people's like sexual awakenings (laughs) or discovering that like, oh, that feels good. I should do that more. Yes. Like I relate to every woman that ever sat on a rickety washing machine. Like whatever that (laughs) old like discovery is, (laughs) relatable. Yeah, I... I don't remember, I think I just like, I think I read a book about a girl rubbing herself on a couch and I tried it and I was like, that did feel nice. And then I was like in Spencer's and I was like, oh, a vibrator. So I stole a vibrator and then I was like, well, this is it. I like this. (laughs) And I always wonder, my sister's room is next to me. I was like, I wonder if she ever heard me. But that's such a weird conversation. Because how old were you when that happened? I was like 12. What? Yeah, I stole a vibrator from Spencer's. It was like one of those times where my mom dropped me off at the mall and let me walk around with my friends. Yeah, And I was like, I'm gonna shoplift 
imagine getting caught at 12 shoplifting a vibrator. I'm sure they would just let me go. <laughs> did it come with directions or did you just know what no. to do generally? Okay. No, I just knew what to do. I was like, I think this goes in me and and it and it, I think it's supposed to vibrate. What? And I was like, "Oh. Well, this is delightful." Absolutely, your sister heard you. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I simply can't ask her now. It's <laughs> You don't have to because she definitely did. <laughs> just real quick. We got to take a break. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Do you remember any dates that were just like, you were like, this is a no-go. This is not for me. Mm, I'm trying to think the worst one. Uh, I feel like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe. I, okay, I think I just like <laughs> buried this memory. But I once <laughs> got like basically forced to go on a double date with my college roommate who was mass meeting men on MySpace. 
Like, okay. she wrote a, ma- I remember reading it and being like, you're gonna die. Like, she was like, hi, <laughs> like, my name is so-and-so. I'm 18 and from Mississippi and I just moved here for college, like, looking to meet people and just sent, like, 18 to 25, like, a dove into the sky on MySpace and would just hang out with, like, almost anyone that messaged her back. And so I remember going to, like, make sure. Wow. Like, I remember joking, being like, well, I'm gonna go just so that someone can, like, identify the address where you were last found. Like, I'm going (laughs) strictly for safety. But I was, like, double dating with her and this guy. And my guy um, was not ugly, but they were a rap duo, neither of which were black. And... Okay. um, Their friends were cool, but, like, we it was just turned into this, like, week-long thing where, like... We were supposed to constantly be double hanging out. And then at one point he took her car and like wouldn't give it back. So then I had to take my car to the apartment and we had to like sit there and do a stakeout waiting for him to bring her car back. And it turned into this Uh whole thing. So like that was definitely the worst because then that uh, we like were sitting in my car in this apartment complex waiting for them to come back in her car. Because he had had it for, no joke, like, five days and, like, wasn't answering her phone calls. Uh-huh. And then some other people that we had met at their apartment but, like, lived in the complex somewhere else were like, oh, they aren't going to be back for a few hours, but you can, like, come hang out with us and drink. And so we went to these, like, guys' apartment and hung out and drank and played cards just waiting for them to come back. We gave up at, like, 3 a.m. Like, we stayed there, like, all night and they did not come back. So we went back to our dorm in my car. Uh And the next day, the guy, mind you, this guy knows me so little, he did not have my number. He had to, like, get my number from my friend from our, like, date and, like, tried to yell at me for hanging out with his friends and was like, yo, like, that wasn't cool that you, like, came over here and was, like, hanging out with my boys. Like, what? That looks weird. Like, you're my girl and you're, like, hanging out with them without me. And I was like, I don't know how to tell this to you I could not be less of your girl like we were li- I thought that we were there <laughs> trying to get property back like I was not there trying yeah. to hang out with you and it was just this weird messy like college thing and that was like definitely one of my worst like dating experiences because our date was definitely just like hanging out at their apartment with a bunch of their friends mm-hmm. like that was the date so and then he, then they stole a car. That's so wild. And they like nonchalantly stole a car for a week. And then he tried to be very possessive of me. And it did not work out well for them. <laughs> they just ended up with no car and no girls. <laughs> how wild. I wonder how weird. they tell the story. Because I feel I like there's like three sides to every story. It's like he said, she said the truth. But I'm like, I wonder if they're like, this girl gave me a car. It was so wild. Then she like asked for it back. I'm like, <laughs> I do. That whole week I was wondering what he thought. Cause I was like, I mean, we're barely adults. Like, that's not your car. Like it was it got messy for a second. How wild. But yeah, that was probably just weird. Yeah, it, is, it sounds bizarre, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. How did you know you were in love with your current partner? Ooh, I feel like I definitely knew, like I said, I don't ever like people lightly. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I've never sort of, you know what I mean? Very rarely do I kind of like 
initially not like someone and then they grow on me, like that's not my thing. So like I knew from jump that I like had a very strong like internal attraction to this person. And then um, he moved and it was kind of like just the natural thing where you ask yourself like, oh, like every day in L.A. is great. I'm a very independent person. I had built like a whole life that day to day is fantastic and everything that like I want it to be. Um, but you just like don't have that person there. And I think like Aww. even like my grandma recently because she I love her, but she minds for misery. Like she only wants to talk about things that <laughs> are upsetting in your life. Um, and she keeps asking me if I miss L.A. And I finally the other day, like closed my eyes and pictured it. And I was like, yeah, like the best part of L.A. now is me picturing walking around with him and like the stuff that we used to do together. And, like, when he's not there, it's still amazing. I still love L.A. I still have tons of my friends. But then I, like, went back to my apartment and just, like, wished he was there. So I think that was the thing was just, like, constantly wanting that person in my life and being, like, okay, so I'm going to make my life that way then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was, like, easy in that way to kind of, like, just, like, ask myself the questions honestly and be, like, yeah, like, I'm not... Like, sometimes I am miserable without him, but, like, I'm not a miserable person without him, but I'm just so much happier having this person in my life that, like, why don't I just do that? Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Do you have any advice for me, a single woman, or other single people out there who are listening? Ooh. I lived alone for a really long time and have done a lot of things alone hoping that I would, like, run into someone or have some amazing moment. Like, I've done this on stage before. I used to go to art museums, and I love art. Like, I do genuinely Mm -hmm. love art. But I also, in my head, thought that one day I was going to find a painting that I liked, stare at it for so long that someone else, like, also fell in love that also loved that painting would just like stand next Mm -hmm. to me and we would just slowly start holding hands and walk out of the museum together without speaking like I actually had a that's insane that's an insane (laughs) thing to think will ever happen that's nuts but I feel like I did even if it was by accident end up putting myself in enough places where I was like around beauty and things I like and things and that make me happy. Even if I was by myself, I would then meet people who were in the same space and loved and like did things that made them happy. And it, none of that ever led to any specific person, but it led to me walking around the world with an energy that I think attracted people to me later. Like, Mm -hmm. If you genuinely are in a place of the confidence of, like, not like I don't need anyone, but, like, I'm happy. Like, I wish I had someone, but everything that I can control is in a place where I want it. And that's all that I can control. So, like, I have to be happy about that. Like, how can I not be happy Mm -hmm. about all of these different other things being where I want them to be because this one other thing just isn't yet? So, moving through and focusing more on like 
being so happy about the life that I had built for myself outside of wanting someone, I think put mm-hmm. things out where like I started either organically meeting people, but also having people like come to me more where that did not happen before. Like I didn't have people really like come after me in any kind of way until I was like in my twenties when I was like this like open wound of like constantly falling in love with people and like fucking my friends that like were never going to be my boyfriends and doing all of that. Like I didn't ever, you know what I mean? Really attract the kind of people who appreciated me, whether it was casual or serious, like even my more casual hookups still had like a different kind of reverence for me as a person where I feel like I could still talk like it just had a different kind of respect and like mutualness and like honesty than it did when I felt like I had a void in me from it. As opposed to just thinking that was a part that like just wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm bad at advice. It's okay. <laughs> I I I think that was it was very uh it was thorough and I thought it was good. Okay. Um <laughs> but we have come to the end. Yes. And I I ask almost all of my guests this. I've only missed it maybe four times, but would you date me? I mean, yes, absolutely. I like your apartment. I feel like you just listened to me do a really, really bad ramble. So if you can hang out with me when I sound that high, we could date. That's like truly my worst self. (laughs) (laughs) No, I got it. And then sometimes people will ask you questions and like you have a lot to say, but you don't know how to exactly articulate it at all. So I get it. (laughs) I get it. Uh, Katrina, do you have anything that you want to promote? Um, yeah, because this is coming out Friday. If you live in Jacksonville, Florida, and want to come watch comedy like right before Christmas, find me on Instagram and DM me because I'm doing one of those cool secret shows. Um, and then I'll be in San Francisco early next year. For Sketchfest, and I'm really excited about it. So those are probably my two main things. But I live in New York, so I'll be telling jokes in New York in between then, too. Yay! Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Happy Kwanzaa! Happy Hanukkah! Is Ramadan now? No, that's later, and it has to do with not... It's fasting. Do they wait? They don't Ramadan. They don't Ramadan now. I feel like Ramadan's at a different time. Ramadan starts March 10th. Oh there my god, go. I really fucked that I up. I was like, I feel like it's a sunny warm outside when people are hungry for Ramadan. <laughs> god, to be ignorant. Um well then, yeah, happy everything. And if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, you can give me five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you write me something nasty hitting on me to why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com, I will read it. This person said, Hi, 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 Nicole. Baby, I want you to slip into a slutty dominatrix outfit, march me into your bathroom, and make me drink your dirty bath water. You'll hold me under the water and say, drink or drown, bitch. Forcedly, I drink every last drop of that 
funky bath stew. <laughs> Even though you low-key masturbated in the dub tub, but I don't mind. After I'm done drinking your deliciously soapy soup, you'll wrap me up in a warm towel made of your pubic hair and say, my little sailor likes to rub in the tub. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> You've been listening to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer. This show is produced by me, Mars, with guest research by Lindsay Kemp. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, with guest booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Got a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.